Hello and welcome to the Work in Progress podcast, uh, the podcast where I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so I've been trying to record this six times. And I feel silly every time because I don't know why I'm trying to talk about it on the internet. But I guess that is why I'm trying to talk about it on the internet. I guess I kind of just want this to be... um, So somebody else doesn't feel so alone in it. And maybe you're just looking for someone else's experience... Um, maybe you just want someone to tell you that it's okay, that you don't want to talk about it, but you also simultaneously want a sign on your head that says, I'm having a miscarriage. And that's valid. I don't know. So, here is half an hour of me talking about my experience in having a miscarriage, um, probably put this at 2x speed i should probably always be in 2x speed all right let's get into it i had a miscarriage i had a miscarriage uh if how do you define that what part of it is the miscarriage one month ago i had an ultrasound that showed no heartbeat i did not empty my uterus until this past monday So I wanted to talk about it because when I first found out that I was miscarrying, had a, whatever you call it, um, I wanted other people's stories. Um, and maybe that's just, I didn't want to feel so alone in it, but I think it's also just like my innate need to always know what could possibly happen and possible scenarios because that's what I do and I keep laughing at this because do I actually manifest these shit situations for myself by doing this I'm just wondering but anyways so I wrote I wrote notes as I was going through this and as I try to read through them I feel silly because so much has happened since then but in the thick of it like I'm sure I wasn't alone in these feelings so Let's go back to November 28th. This is a Sunday. It is five days after my ultrasound. I'm realizing now I should have written my thoughts down much sooner because while it feels like an eternity has passed in the last four days, it's also flown by with a new emotion every day. I guess those are the stages of grief they talk about. I think I skipped denial and I had a weird feeling for the last couple of weeks. I can't explain it, but it just felt like this pregnancy wasn't real. That's how it was with Maddox too, though. Until you have that ultrasound, you're just in a state of limbo of apparently pregnant, according to only a very expensive piece of plastic from Walmart that you peed on. Being pregnant again was a bit of a shock, but only at how fast it happened. We always said after Maddie's second birthday was fair game, so even though we weren't trying, we weren't not trying. Apparently, we were a little ahead of the game, but that was okay. Pretty soon after we found out, everything started to make sense. The sheer exhaustion... Steve would put Maddox to bed and come down to find me asleep on the couch. The nausea, though I only actually threw up a couple of times, which was a win after my first pregnancy of throwing up daily. 
This time around, I did ask for diclectin, and in hindsight, it was probably all downhill from there. I never picked up the prescription. It was as if once I'd asked, the nausea went away. I was feeling great, telling friends, mostly business friends, trying to navigate what the next year of work was going to look like, navigating the car seat situation if we needed to look at bigger cars, inventory of what baby stuff came from Alberta and what we'd need to replace. We agreed not to find out gender again. We tried to get Maddox to tell her parents. The first ultrasound was Tuesday, and since it was early, I went alone since there wouldn't be much to see anyways. The guess was that I was around 13 weeks based on my poor period tracking skills. The ultrasound tech said we would do abdominal and then, if needed, do internal. My last pregnancy was in Alberta, so on top of every pregnancy being different, I was navigating a whole new healthcare system that I'm already pretty jaded about. She started the ultrasound and made small talk about Maddox. The screen was never turned to me. That's not like the movies. The only thing you have to look at is the sign that says technologists are not legally permitted to share information. Your doctor will contact you with results. I asked anyway if she could tell me weeks, but got the expected no, my doctor would call me. She did ask to do internal after, which I thought was a little weird since I'd only ever had them at 30 weeks or so with Maddox. She told me I could skip the 11 week blood test for today as it was still early and that my doctor would call this afternoon. I went about my day browsing Christmas decorations at Canadian Tire and then heading home to do some work. A private number called while I was in a meeting around 2pm. I ignored it, as I do pretty much every other phone call because they're all just those CRA spam calls. I left to pick Maddox up from daycare around 4pm and as I pulled off my street onto the main drag, the number called again. It was the midwife. I knew pretty much right away. She asked if they told me anything in my scan and if I could pull over. There was no heartbeat. I measured around nine weeks. I told her I had a weird feeling, so I wasn't completely blindsided. I was okay. In hindsight, I was blindsided. I was in shock. Um, I had a feeling, but I was still in shock. She said that the OB office she was going to refer me to would get in touch by the end of the week and then gave me the list of red flags to look for. Um, if I had heavy heavy bleeding or anything to go to emerge. It should pass naturally on its own, but if not, there was a medicine I could take to help move it along. The word medicine makes me cringe. I don't know why it seems so hopeful or optimistic. I don't know what's optimistic about this situation. I'm quite science-based when it comes to everything, um, even if I'm terrible at science. When I say everything, I mean everything involved here. While nine weeks is technically considered a fetus, I didn't think of it as a baby I lost. I'm not blaming myself for it, and I feel very lucky to have so many friends be open about their experiences in the past, so I know how common it is. In my scouring of what to expect when you're no longer expecting, um, not because I was unaware of the basics, but in the way that I like to brace myself for all outcomes. I read a lot of no one talks about this, so here I am talking about it to my note, myself in notes, but whatever. Other than what to go for, to emergency for, heavy bleeding, foul smelling discharge fever. All I was told was basically to wait, so in my non-medically trained experience, here are the details. What they don't tell you about miscarriages, or in my case, missed or silent miscarriages, is the waiting. If some but not all tissue has passed, it can take two to three days for your body to miscarry. If development is stopped, which is my case, it could take up to five weeks for your body to recognize it. 
That's five weeks of waiting for expectant management, as they call it. And this explains to me why so many people go the DNC route. Um, you can do that, you can do expectant management, or you can take the prescription of misoprostol, which is the abortion pill. The irony of all of this is when I was taking the pills, Texas made their abortion laws stricter and essentially banned this pill. So that was a really weird mindset to be in. At first I was like, okay, I'll wait it out. It was Sunday morning and the only reason I had gotten out of bed was for Maddox. The mental toll of just sitting around waiting for your body to pass a dead fetus inside of you is paralyzing. Every slightly uncomfortable twinge is a maybe this is it, which so far had not been it. I skipped an aisle and went straight to the roller coaster of emotions, mostly at starting over. Loss sucks, but can I move on and try again now because pregnancy is nine long ass months and I'd like to get going now that I've mentally braced myself to have another human to take care of. After a day of crying on and off, I was angry at the healthcare system. No one had called. The lost package that the midwife clinic was going to send had not been sent. Any information I was getting about sitting on a toilet for 6 to 12 hours, passing blood clots through very bad period to labor-like cramps, and eventually a lemon-sized sack were from friends and the internet. On Thursday afternoon, I called my family doctor's office, who I've never spoken to, and told them I was having a missed miscarriage. She manually put me in the system as I haven't even filled out paperwork to be their patient yet and booked me the next appointment on Monday morning and said she'd send a note to the doctor to call me earlier if he had the chance. On Friday morning, the OB call office called and booked an appointment for the following Tuesday. That is one week post ultrasound to even see an OB. It was now Sunday, the doctor hasn't called, the midwife hasn't called. I had mild cramping last night, but we're still here waiting. Maybe denial comes after, maybe this is bargaining. Maybe it's not actually gone. I read one story of a lady who got the same news and at her follow-up ultrasound, after nothing had progressed, there was a flicker. Not holding tightly to that, and I also just looked up the stages of grief, and I guess I am in bargaining, because apparently that means telling your own story. My next note was Tuesday, December 30th. This is exactly one week from my ultrasound. A quick one. There's something fucked up about having to wait in the same room with very pregnant ladies surrounded by photos of babies and what to expect when you're expecting infographics, when you're no longer expecting. I talked to my GP yesterday for the first time ever. He was glad I was seeing the OB and that he would maybe want to do blood work to check my levels since it'd been seven days without any progress. Not to hang on to false hope, but that the dates could be off and it could just be too early. I don't entirely understand that since I don't track my periods well, but my last period was late August, which would put me at 14 weeks today. I haven't had a period since August, I can tell you that for free. So I had a hard time believing this could be the case, which is probably for the best. Internal ultrasounds can show a heartbeat between five and a half and six weeks. So even if I was measuring eight weeks, yeah. Not a lot of hope. My next note was Wednesday, December 15th, 22 days post-ultrasound. The last one was November, I wrote December. Um, yeah, 22 days post-ultrasound. The OB did not do an ultrasound, nor did he want blood work. He told me I had three options. One was expectant management, the waiting, which I was doing. 
Two was the medication, aka abortion pills, and what would later be referred to as medically assisted missed abortion. I can't with these terms. Or number three, a DNC. He didn't want to do a DNC if it could be avoided as its surgery. In hindsight, I felt like it wasn't offered out of laziness. I guess the argument is that it wasn't a necessary surgery in pandemic times, but I don't know, the mental health was getting rocky around here. I took the prescription and dropped it off at a small pharmacy in town and also told them they could cancel my Dayclectin prescription because I'm morbid. She kind of laughed and then she read the new prescription and her face just, yeah, I'm an asshole. With no pamphlet of information or explanation beyond, if you have questions or you're bleeding a lot, like a hemorrhage, come to emergency. I went home with the pills. I had a lot of questions after, like why can canestin come with an applicator, but these don't. But yes, bye, I'll just drive my hemorrhaging self to the ER if needed, as if I, an average person, know what defines a hemorrhage. I also have a history of hemorrhage, because I hemorrhaged in my c-section <laughs> anyways shout out to my childhood best friend here for doing the absolute most right down to pulling the doctor's patient information forms and sending them to me and her ob friend in saskatoon who's the only healthcare professional that asked how i was doing throughout all of this if you're looking for someone else's experience like i was the pill experience for me was as follows first dose at 5 p.m second dose at 9 p.m instant cramping I took an Advil. I went to bed at 11.30. It fully felt like contractions, but they weren't consistent. I was also glued to my heating pad for about three days at this point, so I don't know if that helped. I didn't see any pink until 2.30 a.m. At 6.30 a.m., I woke up to pee, felt something very noticeable exit my body, and then my bleeding and contractions got pretty gnarly. When I say this, I mean they were noticeable, but I wasn't sitting on the toilet for hours like I've read others do. And when I say something very noticeable, I mean it felt like I pissed a ping pong ball. I went back to bed and Steve stayed home that day watching Maddox while I laid in bed on a hot pad watching the grate. I've been bleeding on and off in very small amounts since and it's been about two weeks. I had a follow-up with my OB a week later that could have been a phone call. I essentially told him the above, and he gave me a requisition for another ultrasound to ensure there was no retained product of conception. That was yesterday, and now we're here. I literally don't know why I'm sharing this, and it's probably generally TMI, as most of my content, though, been the most common thing I've heard through all the conversations I've had is that no one talks about it. So if you're listening to this and you're going through it, you know it's so much more common than anyone talks about. You can DM me or you can quietly come back and listen to this and brace yourself for what could happen because the healthcare system can epically fail at supporting you. I wrote all of this on December 15th. It's now December 23rd. So at this point, I'm gonna bring up a calendar and see where we're at. December 15th was last Wednesday. I did my ultrasound the Tuesday, and I knew also, again, I snuck a peek at the screen and I could tell there was still something in my uterus. There were too many lines and measurements for it to be empty. I also am not a sonographer, but an empty uterus is black and mine was not. 
Um, so on December 17th, the Friday, I had another OB appointment. Um, I went in and the way he asked about the ultrasound was so weird. I felt like a kid that hadn't done their homework and got caught for it. Now, rewinding back, I had seen him the previous Tuesday, so like almost two full weeks, and he told me to get an ultrasound within three days. One, his office is in a hospital, so if I urgently needed an ultrasound within three days, why could I not just get one inside the hospital? Two, when I called the ultrasound office, the earliest they could get me in was the Tuesday, the appointment that I took, seven full days later. I don't know what he wanted me to do in that situation. I called his office and explained this, and I tried to get in at a different clinic, but I didn't have a requisition for a different clinic. Yada yada. So yeah, Friday. He brings out my ultrasound, and that's where I'd have the previous ultrasound too, so he's like making sure that he's looking at the right one, but I measured a week smaller than I had before. So basically what left my body was fluid. Um, he asked me which option I wanted to go, um, if I wanted to do the pills again. I asked him what the chances were of it working, and he said 80 to 90% effective, which is what the first round was. I had no desire to go through this anymore. I wanted to stop fucking thinking about it. So I asked for the DNC. And because it was December 17th, the Friday before Christmas, I got the, there's no surgeries for two weeks, but I'll get you in. Wow, thank you so much for doing me this huge favor. Maybe if our appointments were not seven days apart every fucking time, this could have been taken care of a month ago, but I digress. I'm not bitter at all. So... He calls, I don't know who, says he needs an OR package. I'm just trying not to cry at this point. And I'm so angry. And I get to the car. And I don't know when I cried like that last. And I don't know about anybody else, but I am not publicly emotional. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm sure you can tell by my voice not an emotional person but holy fuck this put me through the ringer in private but yeah so monday morning um yeah friday afternoon his office called me with um a surgery time i had to go get a covid test before i went but also it takes like 48 hours to get results back so it was pointless but i drove back to town in a snowstorm to get a COVID test and then on Monday morning honestly the hardest thing of the DNC because of me and my personality was trying to navigate having care for Maddox and the fact that I could not drive I am independent like to a massive detriment to myself in all aspects of my life but the worst thing was having to rely on other people and that's not like that sounds so fucked up because I have always had like a great support system but having to get someone else 
to drive me to the hospital and most importantly someone to pick me up made me mental anyways so Monday morning I went in for the DNC um, and I was told by the reception again when she booked me the time that day surgery was close because of the holidays so to just sit and wait and someone would come because I was booked and not to be alarmed if I didn't see anyone I was told this so many times and I just gotta say holy fuck does the healthcare system fail you in these situations because the last thing I asked Santa for fucking Christmas was a DNC I'm sorry to inconvenience you and I don't know if that's just me taking it personally, but I feel like everyone that has to deal with these situations, like on a daily basis, one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. This is not an uncommon thing for this office to deal with. And like, I go back to just going into the office and like, yeah, it's nice to have pregnancy announcements. And I get that unless you've been through it, like I look at the world with an entirely different lens now. And it's really hard at Christmas. If you're in this, I feel you. There's so many pregnancy announcements. I have so many pregnant friends right now. And it's like no anger towards them. But yeah, once, you, once you're going through this or you've been through this, you can never look at it all the same again. And even us trying to get pregnant again in the future, you're never going to be able to look at a positive pregnancy test and just be excited anymore. Now you actually have a valid reason to be waiting for the shoe to drop your entire pregnancy. Anyways, um, I also just want to touch on what the actual DNC procedure was like because I know that, um, like being nervous in hospitals is common and if I have to hear one more person say you have to advocate for yourself in our healthcare system, it's going to make me mental. But, like, they don't give you any information unless you ask. And I feel like when you're going through this shit, you don't know the questions to ask. So I didn't know how to prepare myself. I didn't know what the DNC entailed other than what I had Googled, and it can be different. So I live in Ontario. Um... I think it can also even be different in Alberta, but I went into day surgery, um, and they did all, like, my vitals and all that kind of stuff, and then I changed into a gown, I walked into the OR, which was very different from my C-section, um, the anesthesiologist had, like, come out and met me, asked if I had any questions, the OB had asked if I had any questions, asked if I was nervous. This was all before going into the OR. Then I went to the OR and laid down and a nurse hooked me up to some of the like sensors and stuff and the anesthesiologist had explained basically I was going to have a nice nap. Um, so they put an IV in. That sucked. Doesn't feel great. And they put an oxygen mask on you. And you breathe some oxygen and then he pushes through the anesthetic and he tells you and then you are just, you're gone. And thank God, because I was starting to get nervous at this point, laying on the OR table staring at the ceiling. Um, and then I woke up and, and I was back in the other room. It's like a 10-15 minute procedure. It 
includes scraping out your uterus, but also suction. So they vacuum out your uterus. <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah, and then I woke up in recovery. I woke up crying. Um, my RN asked how I was, and I said emotional. And I think this was a point for me where I realized I need um, a lot more therapy because I think this was my C-section coming back up for me, which I have never felt, like, bad about. And this pregnancy, I was going to go for an elective C-section because I did not have a horrible recovery. I know a lot of people that have had bad C-section experiences, but that is not how mine was. But I also don't know the difference. So if a C-section is like your second um, birth and that's not how you planned it or if you have problems with like control, which I don't at all, like that, yeah, you can, I, I understand how people feel the way they do about C-sections, but mine was fine. But in waking up after this DNC, I realized maybe I've just really suppressed the trauma. <laughs> Um, and also the drugs. I mean, I was also crying because the drugs, but yeah. So, and I just like, I wanted to run away. I was like, let me go just cry in my car. Um, and then I was fine. She, she, uh, gave me some painkillers and I think a lot of it too was the shakes because I got the shakes really bad after my C-section and I had a hard recovery. I had hemorrhaged in my C-section. Um, and then when I went into recovery... I, they had me under the bear hugger and everything, which is, like, this big, like, sleeping bag of warm air that they pump through. And I was starting to get that feeling again. Like, my legs were, like, like cramping and releasing, and that just makes me mental and gives me a lot of anxiety. So whatever she gave me for the pain actually immediately took that away. And then I was fine. Um, but, yeah, quick procedure... I was totally fine the next day. I'm not going to lie. I went shopping. I haven't told anybody that, so I'm just going to tell the whole internet. I fully went to the mall after the day after my DNC. But the day of my DNC, I just went to bed. And um, <laughs> I was feeling great, super energized, ready to go launch a new business when I got home. And then my mom kindly explained to me that they woke me up with drugs to, make, like, to bring you out of the anesthesia. So... Um, I should just go to bed, so I did that, and then I realized that I was indeed not energized, and I watched TV all day. So that was my actual DNC procedure experience. I would also like to just say a special shout out to my RN Brenda on Monday, because you were an angel, and as much as all of this was trash, I am very glad that it ended in nurses, because they are the MVP of the healthcare system. Nurses and honestly anesthesiologists I've also always had a, a good experience with. Other than my postpartum nurse, Priscilla at Rocky View in Calgary, you fucking suck. Um, <laughs> there's just some people that need some compassion training, but Brenda, you you were the MVP of the day. And also, best of the worst case scenarios is having a DNC over Christmas when day surgery is closed because it's just you and the nurse. And as long as you have a dope nurse, it's a fine time. 
Um, that's, that's the whole, that's all of it, really. So, that's my whole scenario. That has been the last month of my life. This is a lot, and I don't know how I feel about this being public on the internet, but I'm gonna put it up for anybody else that's going through this during a fucking shitty time, because... There's a lot of you, and I, I've only said, like, a couple things kind of in passing on stories, but I've had so many conversations with so many people that are also going through it, um, or have gone through it, and yeah, it's lonely. It's a lonely time, and it's not lonely because I don't have people to support me because I have an amazing family and I have an amazing group of friends, but if you, if you haven't been there, it's, um... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna say any sort of like advice um, on how to be there for your friends that are going through it other than letting them know that you are there for them because everyone grieves differently and I grieve very privately, which is ironic considering I'm putting this on a podcast. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any um, suggestions of going through it except maybe do therapy and again, pre-book your therapy because I conveniently had therapy booked for the week after my ultrasound that showed no heartbeat and I have therapy booked I believe next week so yep right there I have therapy on Tuesday um therapy should be more accessible I got a lot of thoughts on how the healthcare system could improve but I digress. I'm going to go now, do some actual work. Feel free to DM me. Bye. (laughs) Merry Christmas.